thing with this gorgeous overview of the golf course and uh uh, and it was it was it was, it was fabulous. It was it was really it was a great night. And uh, and then and then, as you know, uh, there comes the point in the night where, uh, where where everybody, you know, comes from their different corners of the room or different 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 places that they've been gathering. And they all they all sort of lean in. It was time for the toasts. And everybody knew this except for except for apparently the best man and the maid of honor, who were the only two going to be giving the toast. Um, the best man was Kirk, my brother. Everybody say, goodness gracious. <clears throat> and, uh, and then the, the maid of honor was Julie's sister, Karen. Uh, I'm sure Karen did great. I, was, I, I, uh, I have more recollections of, well, actually, that's not even true. Julie's had to remind me how bad my brother was. Uh, he was, he was, we all know this, you can be bad, but the only way to be, to make bad worse is to go really long, right? Yeah, he didn't stop talking. In fact, he still might be in that room talking, offering that toast. But the truth is, on a night like that, you're not counting on the right words to make it special, are you? I mean, it was special. It was special for me because of the one who was standing with me. It was special for us because of the ones who surrounded us. It was special because, because that night was a celebration of, of, of so much and so many who had gone before us. And we, we weren't counting on those. We weren't counting on the words to be special, which is good because they weren't. <clears throat> But I can't help but think that, that for the mothers and fathers and the sons and daughters and even the brothers and sisters of ancient Israel, in particular Judah, 700 years before the coming of Christ, in particular Jerusalem, the nation, the nation's capital that everyone had looked up to, I can't help but think that they would have given everything for one night of a banquet like what we had. They would have given everything for one moment. They, let me see, let me see, let me see. They didn't need the words. They would have given everything to have all their loved ones together. Because what we know and what we've been hearing historically is that, that the Assyrian Empire and soon to be the Babylonian Empire had just wiped them utterly off the map. They would have given anything to see their children again. They would have given anything to be reconnected with loved ones. And, and I imagine there was no word they could have imagined there's 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 no statement that could have been uttered in their minds that would change the trajectory of their hopelessness because of all that they had lost for 23 chapters now we've heard one word of judgment after another as we've moved through the book of Isaiah and then in the 24th chapter, just last week, it moved from judgment to devastation. God will wipe everything away. 
No one will be spared. I invite you to turn with me as we lean into the Word of God, finding ourselves in Isaiah chapter 25. And we, we, pick, up, we pick up in the sixth verse. But before we do that, would you join with me in a word of prayer? Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen and amen. So, so now, six weeks into a series on Isaiah, we find ourselves in chapter 25, verse 6, and it says this. On this mountain the Lord of heavenly forces will prepare for all peoples a rich feast. A feast of choice wines, of select foods rich in flavor, of choice wines well refined. And then, and then if you'll allow me, I, I believe that the next verse, I believe the next verse would have come like like greater than a toast, but like a voice spoken on the mighty mountain. And this is what it said. Beyond just the food, beyond just the experience, it says, For God will swallow up on this mountain the veil that is veiling all peoples, the shroud enshrouding all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The Lord God will wipe tears from every face. He will remove His people's disgrace from off the whole earth. For the Lord has spoken. They will say on that day, Look, this is our God for whom we have waited. And He has saved us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let's be glad and rejoice in His salvation. The Lord's hand will indeed rest on this mountain. And, and as if we needed an echo to, to, to repeat it back, one chapter afterwards in verse 19 it says this, Your dead will live, their corpses will rise, and those who dwell in the dust will shout for joy. This, this is the word of God for we the people of God and we say together, thanks be to God. The reason I know they could not have imagined such a word is because no word like this had ever been spoken. Now, now here's the thing, here's the thing. If you've ever read the Bible, if you've ever read the Bible, everybody in the room, we, 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 we've read some, we've read, we've, if you've ever read the Bible and thought to yourself or said out loud or, or raised your hand in Sunday school or spoke on a, on, on, on a Wednesday night at a study or, or sat across from someone in one-on-one discipleship, if you've ever read the Bible and uttered or thought the words, that sounds familiar, you're right. Everybody say, I'm glad to know I'm right. That's the thing. That's the thing. For a change, you're right. I'm right. If you've ever read the Bible and thought, hang on, I think I heard that somewhere else. And it's because the Bible brilliantly repeats itself frequently. Why is that? It's because we need to be told the same thing over and over again. Because why? A, I'm hard-headed, right? Okay. 
you guys are agreeing with me. Um, B, because I wasn't paying attention the first time, right? Yeah, yeah, you're going, yep, that's probably because he was looking down on his phone. <laughs> or you can say that to your spouse. <sighs> I need it to be repeated because I miss it the first time. Or I get it and then I let it go. But, but hang on, this word, this word, about a veil being unveiled, about a shroud being, being removed, this word has never been spoken in all of the scriptures. What we are hearing this morning is the first time in the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament as we Christians know it, this is the first time it's ever been said. They would have longed for a meal together. They would have given anything for a banquet. But, but to hear those words uttered, this changes everything. This is a word about the radical transformation that God has. And the thing is, the thing is, is it's comprehensive. Let me, let me say this clearly. Those who die are separated from us by, by a veil. We, we, we cannot reach them, though we would want to. But, but, but God's plan is so magnificent, so, so full and complete, so comprehensive, that in the scripture here, it says, it says, that death will be swallowed up. Over in, in, in 26, it says your dead will live. He has a plan. He has a plan for those on the other side from us. It says they will live again. But beyond just a plan for them, God has a plan for us. Here's the, here's the thing about this passage is that in the same breath that he talks about, about eliminating death for those who have died, he turns around and says a word to us. It says in verse 8, The Lord God will wipe tears from every face. Who's he talking about? He's talking about me. He's talking about the tears I shed over those that are gone too soon. He's talking about the tears I shed about, around those that I, that I wish I could see one more time. He will remove his people's disgrace from off the whole earth, for the Lord has spoken. And what will we say? You have that verse, Tammy, verse, verse 9 from 25. What will we say on that day? Look, this is our God for whom we have waited, and he has saved us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let's be glad and rejoice in his salvation. God's comprehensive plan to deal with the veil and the devastation of being separated from the ones we love not only cares for them, but he cares for us where we are sitting in the midst of our loss. This is the good news. 
but it, but it cannot be lost on us that all of it happens at a banquet table. I, I, I read this, this single verse, this single, this single word. Let us not miss that the fullness of life is experienced at communion. I wrote these two sentences. I'll invite you to read them. Read, read the first sentence with me and pause. God chose a table to first announce the victory. But he didn't stop there. It's not, it, it's not the only time, though it's the first time, it's not the only time in the scriptures that this word is offered at a table because we know the second sentence is true. Read it with me. This table remains God's preferred moment to deliver the good news. This is at the heart of not only what we do, not not only what we do, this is at the heart of who we are. We are the people that gather at a table to be reminded of his victory. We are the people who gather around the bread and the cup to be reminded of, because we've forgotten it, because we miss it, because something has distracted us from the truth, and that is God's plan cares for the whole communion of the saints, those that are sitting around us and those that we no longer see. This this is what it means to be a Christian. This is what it means to be in the people of God. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen.